today on Ag News Daily. Uh, she brought this idea from the Hawkeye State to the Buckeye State uh, because it is it, it's a great idea. I mean, what a great way to, to raise money for fantastic causes. And Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Delaney Howell joined by Madison Honkamp on the Ag News Daily Podcast. I am back in God's country in the state of Iowa, but uh, pretty nice day out here. Madison, what are you doing this weekend? You got any big plans? Not really, actually. One of my friends just had her baby, so I think I'm going to go over to her house, help her out a little bit, um, and help make dinner so that she has dinner for the week so she doesn't have to worry about it. Oh, that's very nice of you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what is sticking out at you today, Delaney? It's a little bit of a slower news day. Well, kind of, sort of. But uh, we know Congress is heading into a recess now for a couple of weeks, so they've been really trying to push some stuff through seems like Robert Lighthizer has spent quite a bit of time with those folks out in Congress trying to get USMCA passed, but we did see confirmation that not only are uh, Steve Mnuchin and Robert Lighthizer heading to Beijing, China later next week, or Shanghai, I'm sorry, not Beijing, but they will be heading there Tuesday and Wednesday, turning right back around and coming home to meet with Japanese trade officials at the end of next week to discuss and further negotiate a U.S.-Japanese ag trade agreement. We know, of course, they were waiting to really start talks again until after Japan's upper house of parliament election, but that happened last Sunday and sounds like they're full steam ahead now to figure out an agreement with ag. Yes, definitely some good news there. I also saw that today and Um, I know U.S. Ag is really enthusiastic for a free trade agreement with Japan since they are a huge buyer of beef, pork, wheat, dairy, wine, fruits, vegetables, and just lots of other commodities. And I know Trump pulled the U.S. out of the – or, yeah, pulled the U.S. out of the – TPP, yep, yep. Absolutely out of the TPP, so we're really hoping to get another trade deal with them. Yes, that will be a welcome, welcome thing by many producers. Yes, definitely. Um, But another thing that was actually passed in the House yesterday was the two-year budget plan. Um, We saw Pelosi was able to push it through. Um, a lot of Republicans, I noticed, did not really agree with the vote. Um, only 65 out of 197 House Republicans ended up voting for the budget pl- plan. Um, and it did pass with a 284 to 149 vote. And this agreement or this budget calls for more than a $320 billion um, spending over sequestrian levels over the next two years. So, well, I guess we'll kind of see how this ends up playing out. And I know it was kind of one of those things that is more keeping the peace for the next couple of years, especially during a campaign Mm -hmm. season. Yeah, absolutely. I think President Trump just wanted to get a budget done so he didn't have to focus on that um, and go into another government shutdown like we did last year. Yes, definitely. And I think that is one thing that I think Pelosi said she wanted, she really also wanted to get it passed. So then, cause we, they do have candidates that want to be able to be on the campaign trail and not have to worry about different 
budget issues that's going that will be going on. Absolutely. So. Yeah, because some of those folks are also running for president. But yes, we 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 talked about this just a little bit yesterday. The agriculture department had basically a hemp hearing of Wednesday or Thursday. I think it was Wednesday. They had a um, hearing and, and discussed really the progress on the regulatory pathway for hemp. We've heard maybe some conflicting things in the news too. And it sounds like maybe this year is not quite as um, possible as maybe first expected, but at the hearing on industrial hemp, they just talked about how difficult this task is going to be to create federal standards and federal agencies to help rule and implement this, but also then, of course, the state's jurisdiction over their specific laws uh, regarding hemp. And one of the biggest obstacles, I think you mentioned it yesterday, was just the cannabis oil or CBD oil, getting that Mm -hmm. approved by FDA. So it sounds like uh, nothing really got established, I would say, at their hearing, but just trying to jump through the hoop again of figuring out how they're really going to regulate this. Yeah, and I think it's going to be like a long and kind of really tedious process, especially for the FDA to kind of figure out, you know, what CBD oil is really good for and have that kind of set in stone rather than just like, oh, it could be for this, but it also could be for this, but we don't really know. Right, right. Yeah. So... Yes. And another thing I saw today, the USDA is hosting public meetings on heirs property. Um, And I thought this was really interesting because I didn't really think it was a huge issue still, but it is. So it's an issue actually dating back way back, way, way back to the reconstruction period after the Civil War that actually prevented many black farmers from keeping their land within their families because they weren't able to go through those legal processes to go have wills or titles or really anything um, because they didn't trust white courts, but they also really lacked access to the legal system. And it's estimated that 80% of land owned by African-Americans has been lost to heirs' property since 1910, and that's according to the U.S. Census Bureau. And it often does result in distant relatives becoming co-owners of the same property, making things even more complicated, what to do with the land and who pays taxes, and really leads to auctions. So USDA is holding hearings to kind of figure out how they can make this a better process, help people keep the land that they want, and kind of figure out those legal issues. Okay. Well, that will be something we will continue to watch, Mm -hmm. too. Yes, definitely. Well, a little bit more update here on the market facilitation programs, which was, of course, released yesterday. And I think I quoted the wrong website, but we will make sure and share that on our Facebook and Twitter. They literally have an entire list of all counties in the United States or all the counties that have agricultural production in the United States and have payment rates there. And, of course, we know they vary from $15 an acre all the way up to $150 an acre. I just looked through Iowa, Illinois, and Missouri yesterday because those are some Midwest states that have been mm-hmm. impacted. And most of those, I would say the top end of those payments are $90. Um, so it seems like a lot of the Southeast states are the ones that got $150 or close to that. But House Ag Chairman Colin Peterson, who was, of course, a Democrat there from Minnesota, said that he was told by USDA officials at a committee briefing on Thursday, that they would soon be releasing that data of how they developed those county rates and 
he said that they're that they promised him to have full transparency on that. It might not make sense to all of us at first, but uh, it does seem like they are going to release that information and how they actually figured it out. But I just, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see really how producers react to this. I'm interested, Mm -hmm. folks, if you are applying for this year's MFP payment, which of course sign up starts on Monday. If you're, if you're signing up and you think this process is easier, doesn't make less sense, more sense than last year. I'd really be interested in knowing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's hard for me to understand. So it, I can't even imagine, you know, if you really don't have any idea of like what's going on, trying to just kind of figure it out is really difficult. Yeah. I'm just really um, curious to see what they say with the mm-hmm. formula when they release that information. Yeah. So it sounds like that's coming. Yeah, definitely. And I really... I know they kind of talked about it yesterday in the clip that we played, but how they got to that, you know, $15, right. like what really determines that. So hopefully we can get more clarity on that as well. I also had a question. I think I know the answer, but I, I never want to assume when it comes to the USDA, but I mean, there are a lot of producers that have multi-state or multi-county operations. So I wonder if it's oh, like yeah. by that payment rate, is it based off of where your farm residence is? I don't know. I think there's still a little bit of gray area on some of those issues, but yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But yeah. Cause like even I know a whole bunch of people from school that their families, you know, have land all over, you know, like Southern right. Iowa that just their families has bought like, you know, through throughout however many years and it's right. just kind of been handed down and like they rent it out or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know what the answer is to that, but We'll, we'll continue to keep our ear to the ground mm-hmm. and figure that out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, but Delaney, I am actually all out of news for today. I think I am too. Madison, should we take a look at the commodity markets for today? Let's do it. All right. And of course, our markets are sponsored by our partners at the Zaner Group. You can give them a call today at 312-277-0050 to figure out how some of their strategies can help your bottom line. Looking across the board for today, hopping down to look at the corn market first. They were the loser today in the grain markets and pulled wheat down with them. But the September corn contract closed three and a three quarters cent down to end at four fourteen and three quarters. The December new crop contract lost two and three quarters cents to close at four twenty four and three quarters. Soybeans had a positive day today with the August contract closing up three quarters of a cent at eight eighty three and a quarter. The November added a penny to close at nine dollars and three quarters of a cent. In the wheat pits, the September contract cut four cents to close at four ninety-five and a half. The December, still above that five-dollar mark, but caught three and a half pennies to end at five oh three and three quarters. Looking into the livestock markets for today, pretty much unchanged in the live cattle markets today. The August contract unchanged to end at one oh eight sixty-five. The October unchanged to close at one oh nine ninety. Looking in the feeder cattle and lean hog pits, green across the screen. The August feeder cattle contract up 92.5 cents to close at 143.72.5. The September up 87.5 cents to close at 144.10. In the August lean hog pit, we put on 47.5 cents today to close at 86.42.5. The October added 80 cents to close just under $80 at 79.45. And wrapping out our markets, wrapping up our markets, I should say, with our class three milk futures. 
The July contract put on two cents to close at 17.48. The August lost a penny to close at 17.68. Now, for today's interview, I want to set this up just a little bit here because there we have a lot of Iowa listeners, but we also have mm-hmm. a lot of listeners from outside of the state of Iowa who may not be familiar with something that goes on every year at the Iowa State Fair called the Iowa Governor's Charity Steer Show. Essentially, it's a fundraising outreach program put on by the Iowa Cattlemen's Association as well as the Iowa Beef Industry Council, and it's to raise money for the Ronald McDonald houses, which a lot of families in ag know that I'm sure you've had somebody use it, if not your family has maybe used it, but we're seeing another state start to copy this idea, which I think is fantastic. They're calling it the Mm -hmm. Dean's Charity Steer Show instead, happening this year at the Ohio State Fair, and I was able to catch up with Ty Higgins, who is from the Ohio Farm Bureau to discuss this new project going on in the state of Ohio. Well, for those of you that are from Iowa, you might be familiar with the Iowa Governor's Charity Steer Show, but there's another state that is going to be copying that tradition in the Ohio State Fair. And to discuss a little bit further here, I've got with me on the line Ty Higgins, who is the Director of Media Relations for the Ohio Farm Bureau. Ty, first of all, welcome onto the podcast today. Hey, Delaney, I, I can't believe we're already talking about state fairs. What I happened know. to summer? I know, seriously. And with all this wet weather, gross weather we've been having, it's finally starting to feel like summer. Well, that, that's probably some of the good news about it. We've, we've had, as you know, all across the Corn Belt, this spring has been so challenging. And mm-hmm. the farmers have uh, you know, has not been great over the past couple of months. So we had a lot of farmers here in Ohio that never even got the planter out of the barn. And mm. so it's just, it's been tough going. But, you know, the county fairs and the state fair, if anything's going to raise their spirits, at least for maybe a week or two, it's going to be those types of things to be able to, to get together with friends and family and, and see kids uh, do their best in the barn and, and kind of take their mind off of what's happening on the farm. So I think, you know, it being fair season is more of a blessing right now than it has been in a long time. It is. It's always fun to see the kids getting their livestock ready to go. I showed livestock, so it was always my favorite time of year. It's a special time, I think, for especially those show families. They always look so serious, don't they? I mean, they're <laughs> in the show. Especially, I, I love these kids that uh, the sheep show is my favorite to mm. watch because I'm not sure who, who's leading who as far as some of those exhibits <laughs> with those kids that aren't as tall as some of those uh, sheep they're leading around. But I mean, it, they get that serious look on their face. They look over at mom and dad and they're like, yeah, I'm doing this. All right. I think I'm going to do all right. And, and uh, their game faces are set. And I, just, I love the intensity. Yes. So do I. So do I. But hopefully it's not going to be too intense this year at the Ohio Dean's Charity Steer Show. Tell me a little bit about how you guys got hooked up with Iowa and Iowa Cattlemen's Association to put together this idea to do at your own state fair. Well, you know, it, it is very similar because uh, the one that put it together is Dr. Kathann Kress. She came from Iowa State, and now she's at The Ohio State University as our VP of Ag Admin and also the dean of our College of Food, Agricultural, and Environmental Sciences. And so uh, she brought this idea from the Hawkeye State to the Buckeye State uh, because it is, it's a great idea. I mean, what a great way to, to raise money for fantastic causes and and to, to get people involved that uh, everyone across the state knows. I mean, these are local celebrities and, and someone that uh, we all know just because their name is so recognizable. And, and for many of them, their face uh, just as recognizable. And, 
and you're getting them to do something they've never done before as far as leading the steer and, and showing that thing. And so it, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be a whole lot of fun at the state fair, but it's also raising a lot of money for, for a great cause. Absolutely. I think the stories behind the steer show, at least in Iowa, and I'm sure there in Ohio, it's the same way. The stories of the families behind the Ronald McDonald House, those kids that get to show, those 4-H members that get to pair up with a, quote, celebrity is, is always a great way to just to keep, you know, the community flowing. Tell me about, are there any outstanding stories or really interesting stories this year for your kids or, or some of the pairs that you've got matched up this year? Well, I think, you know, the story for, for this first year is, is seeing kids teach adults something. How often do we get, do we get to see that in our, in our society? Usually the kids are always the ones that are learning, but some of the kids that have been paired up with our celebrities have been doing this for a long time. You know, their older sister and brother maybe did it years before. And so, uh, you know, showing livestock has been part of the farm for a long time. And, and for these celebrities, uh, it, some of the, the great pictures are, are these first times to the farm to practice with the steer and the celebrities are wearing flip-flops and shorts. Uh, they're not sure how to uh, come prepared to do what they're, what they're about to do with thousands of pounds of beef uh, leading them around the ring. And so that, that's really what we're taking away this year is, is just that contrast of, of bringing people that don't have that farm knowledge uh, out to the farm. And, and, you know, for many of them, they're media types. And so mm-hmm. if, if they're TV celebrities they'll they'll bring the the video camera out or the, or the picture for their social media platforms and and they want to document this as much as we do for them being at the farm uh is them being on the farm for the first time and, and learning exactly what goes in i mean it's not easy you know it's not right. easy showing around uh you know you got to show it who's boss and you have to have some authority and and be able to keep it calm and and uh, all these factors go into play with these newbies uh these celebrities that come in and, and that's really the takeaway now is, is these kids showing them the ropes, literally and figuratively, about how to do what they've been doing for years, but uh, these adults are coming to the farm and learning for the first time. Yeah, and that alone is really exciting. It's a really neat process there. Um, Obviously, this is put on with The Ohio State University, but you're representing The Ohio Farm Bureau, so what role are you guys playing in this year's show? Well, our our executive vice president uh, is going to be one of the celebrities, uh, so to speak, that he he always puts celebrities in quotation because, you know, he. He doesn't consider himself one, but I will tell you, we're in the lead as far as donations so far. Oh, uh, very impressive. Uh, and, you know, we, we have some big time TV and radio celebs uh, on this. We have uh, Ohio State football coach, former coach Urban Meyer's wife, Shelly, uh, on one of the steers as well. Uh, and, and Adam Sharp, our executive vice president, already has 79 donors and, and he's over $7,000 before the sale even takes place. Uh, we have a, a site online where people can go and choose their celebrity they want to uh, vote for and, and donate for. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've already raised, as I mentioned, thousands of dollars to all our celebrities. Uh, you know, Clark Kellogg, uh, people around Ohio know him because he was an Ohio State uh, basketball player, a fantastic athlete, played in the NBA. But now when it comes to March Madness there on CBS, everybody knows who Clark Kellogg is. He's one of the analysts uh, there in the studio. And so he's going to be one of them that uh, – that is going to be a part of this event as well. And so uh, some, some big names and some big bucks being raised. And as you mentioned, the Ronald McDonald House, I mean, you talk about just a great cause. The Ronald McDonald House is uh, something that we really hold near and dear here to Central Ohio because we are home to the largest one in the country. Uh, 45,000 families use the facility every year. 82,000 nights of lodging provided year in and year out. Uh, 137 guest rooms, 
120,000 square feet of kitchen, dining areas, playrooms, laundry, exercise room. Uh, it's just, it really is a special place here in central Ohio, and it's right next door to our nationwide children's hospital. And it plays, as you know, an important role in being a home away from home for these families that have kids in the hospital for a long period of time. And, and uh, it really does help improve the health and well-being of children and their families uh, throughout Ohio. Absolutely. It's it's great to work with an organization like the Ronald McDonald House and raise money for those kids. Tell me about the day of event, because it's coming up here. July 30th is your show. What's what's the plan for that day? Yeah, so July 30th, uh, a busy day at the Ohio State Fair, but not too busy. You know, we have a lot of shows uh, with all species uh, throughout the fair, and so uh, I think Dr. Kress, when she was looking for a date to do this, found the perfect one because uh, there's so much going on every single day, but for this particular day, there's not a lot going on in the steer barn. Uh, it's going to be a chance uh, there at 2 o'clock in the afternoon to uh, grab a good seat and uh, take part in this sale and, and uh, have all of our celebrities uh, show their stuff, so to speak, and, and show what they've learned on the farm from these kids. And, and so uh, it, it's going to be fun. I mean, uh, there's going to be some, some great moments where things get a little bit out of hand and the kid will have to take over and, and show them just how it's, how it's done right there in front of everybody. Uh, so we're going to uh, have awards for the best steer, uh, best showmanship, and, and people's choice for, for all of our celebrities. Uh, and then there's going to be a sale following the event with, with the same procedures as a typical livestock sale, but without the actual transfer of livestock. So instead, all the bids and all the sale proceeds will be donated to the Ronald McDonald House charities uh, here in central Ohio. And, and so I just can't wait. Every team uh, every child and every celebrity put together their own T-shirt. And so uh, we have, of course, uh, Team Sharp. Since Adam Sharp, our executive vice president, is going to be uh, there with on behalf of Ohio Farm Bureau. And, and we've uh, decorated a shirt with, with our uh, young showmen uh, and, and, and all these celebrities have. And so uh, there are, they're not just celebrities. These are teams that have been put together by Dr. Kathan Kress at Ohio State uh, for this event. And and those teams will be working hard to uh, do their very best and raise a whole lot of money for the Ronald McDonald House on July 30th at the Ohio State Fair. Yeah, it'll be very humbling for some of those celebrities and adults in the show <laughs> ring, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. I mean, uh, you, you know, very rarely do, do you get a chance to tell Clark Kellogg what to do. Uh, <laughs> he he might do it. Uh, but when it comes to something like this, uh, I doubt very much that uh, – and, and and nothing, no disrespect to these celebrities, but not only have they never shown a steer before, but I doubt you, when you go to the state fair, there's there's the midway, and you have the, you have the food and the rides and and some of the entertainment that comes in, and and uh, really very rarely do people that don't understand anything about agriculture get off the beaten path and and go to the the lamb barn or the hog barn or the steer barn, and and you know it might be a first for a lot of these celebrities that have been to the state fair numerous times to to head to some of those facilities and, and see the great work that uh, agriculture in our state is doing and, and see just what 4-H is all about and, and how these kids uh, learn so many responsibilities and so many great things and, and really how to be a productive member of society just by being a part of, of the organization and, and, and doing this at the state fair level and also the county fair level and really get an appreciation for all the work that goes into what these kids do year in and year out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ty, I think just my final question for you is, so this is your first year you guys are putting this together. Very exciting. But what does success look like for you this year? Boy, I, I 
can you put a number on on success when it comes to donating <laughs> to a great cause? I I don't think so. Um, you know, right now looking over the numbers, uh, we have close to twenty five thousand dollars in donations, and and the the auction and the event hasn't even happened yet. Um, and and we have some some big names and some big organizations involved. Nationwide Insurance is involved. Uh, we have some of the one of the largest barbecue restaurants in the state. Uh, the entrepreneur. Of, of that uh, city barbecue restaurant here. Um, listeners of, of one of the most popular morning shows in central Ohio will be there to, uh, to raise money for Woody Johnson from WCOL and, and all the TV celebrities I mentioned. And of course, Dr. Kathy Ann Kress will be one of the uh, showmen as well. And uh, she's already raised quite a bit of money. So I think, you know, just it's, it's already a success in my mind with the names that you have and the, the press and, and you and I talking about this, you know, from from hundreds of miles away uh, about how uh, we've we've done this uh, in Iowa and you've had success and now we're starting it in Ohio and and I hope that the success story here really, uh, Delaney, is, is maybe more states do this. Maybe it's not just Iowa or Ohio. Maybe we get Illinois and, and Minnesota and and the Dakotas and and some of the state fairs. Oklahoma would be a great state fair. Texas, some of these large state fairs to do this same thing and raise money for their local Ronald McDonald House. So that, that would be the success, I think, of, of this event. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. And for any listeners that we have that maybe are thinking about going to the Iowa, or excuse me, Ohio State Fair can check it out on July 30th. Chad, good luck with the event, and I look forward to hearing how it goes for you guys. There'll be plenty of videos and pictures, I guarantee it. All right. Well, again, a big thank you there to Ty. Folks, if you're in Ohio, you're going to the Ohio State Fair. That show is happening again on this coming Tuesday. So if you're around, check it out. But we are also going to be covering the Governor's Charity Steer Show here in the state of Iowa. We're going to be doing some Facebook Lives, some Twitter Lives. Really, in case you can't make it to the show and you want to see what it's all about, we encourage you to tune in with us. That's happening on August 10th at the Iowa State Fair or on social media. So it's just right around the corner. Yeah, it really is. I was writing it down in my planner yesterday and I was like, and I was like making different posts for it. And I was like, oh my gosh, state fair is like in a week. And then once state fair starts, you know what's after that, Madison, right? I go back to school. Yeah. Yeah. That was all the time. Always the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of, it's nice this year because I, I state is typically that Monday right after state fair ends is when classes start, but now we get a whole week in between. Oh, that will yeah. be nice. So it's nice. really nice. Cause last year I had to leave the goat show early mm. to move in and go to destination Iowa state. And yeah, it was kind yes, of a mess. The freshman orientation stuff. Oh yes. <laughs> well, Madison with that, should we let the people go? Let's let him go.